What's up, guys? Happy Friday. Thanks for waiting until today and not being too disappointed about yesterday. Just a quick three shout-outs to the people that kind of make this show possible, our first sponsors. Um, Ampersand Ice Cream, Certus CrossFit, and Mad Duck. We really appreciate you guys. Do us all a favor. If you're near those and you're on the edge of deciding if you want to go in or not, take a step in. Order something. Do something different. Show some support because they show us such good support. In this episode, we had the pleasure of sitting down with Mr. Zach Follett, the owner of Cup of Joy and the founder. Um, Honestly, one of the coolest, raddest guys that we've had on the show, and the conversation was just amazing. Um, We hope all of you love it, um, and thanks for listening. I love you, man. I love you too, bud. I love you, dude. I love you, bro, Montana. I love you, Holmes. I love you, Broseph Quiggles. I love you, Machacha. I love you, Tico Brohe. Welcome back, guys. We are a day late, but good thing come to those who wait. So thank you for waiting. <laughs> Is that how it goes? I, you know, <laughs> I saw day it. <laughs> oh, man. He caught me in my stutter. Anyway, the one making fun of me is Preston. He's yeah, sitting across up? from me. And to our left, we're honored to have Mr. Zach Follett in our studios. Hey, hey, what it do? Excited to be here. I love you, bro. Love you, man, too. You know what I mean? <laughs> love it. A lot of love going on in here today. <laughs> Let's change this episode. I love you, bro. <laughs> there it is. Um, so for those of you who don't know, Zach is the owner of Cup of Joy, a local coffee, almost, I mean, monster machine at this point. It's growing. But we're going to touch on that later. But first off, we're going to go with a little quesadilla question. All right. Um, and also, guys, don't forget, if you mention the quesadilla question or this podcast at any quesadilla grillos, there's one in Visalia, downtown Fresno, and then one in Tower, um, you're going to get 10% off that quesadilla. So don't forget. Ooh, need think, that. Right? Need that. Straight fire quesadillas. Gains. All right. So when we were uh, thinking of this question, the quesadilla question, we obviously know you have the football background. So the question that we came up with, um, what is your all-time favorite Super Bowl? You don't have to know the number, but like the te- like whatever teams are playing. I already have mine because this one is easy for me. I'm looking at his eyes right now, and I feel like 10 different games have just gone through. Yeah, and each man. game that went through his head, it was the final two-minute drive that he was remembering. Right. <laughs> Man, it's hard. Uh, not a fan of either of the teams, uh, the Patriots, Falcons. But okay. to see Ooh. what happened in that game, yeah, um, and knowing that I might have had a little money on the Patriots, <laughs> uh, and when it was twenty-one-zero at halftime, uh, it wasn't looking good. Um, oh. and, and not just me, but I know uh, friends that were in Vegas at the time. Um, he had two hundred fifty G's, probably on that freaking game. out. And when he FaceTimed me, like <laughs> jumping on the table up and down, and so that to me was like the most miraculous. Super Bowl that I've seen. I've never yeah. seen anything oh, like easily. that. Oh, easily. Yeah. Um, but then again, I'm a huge Peyton Manning fan. Okay. And so mm. um, don't know what Super Bowl he won. He beat the Bears. Um, yeah. But he was going against Rex Grossman. Kind of could have called that. Uh, <laughs> but, he threw yeah. a pick six in that one, I think. He I did. That, so did. That, that was, was... It was in Miami. It was raining. I remember it. But maybe that's a blessing because Tom Brady threw a pick six, too. And that's right. What happened in that that's one. That's right. And, and, I mean, to me, Peyton Manning's the greatest quarterback. Um, just... I grew up in his era, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and to, the way that we judge quarterbacks these days, unless you have a Super Bowl win, you can't be mentioned with the greats. And so the fact that he got that to me, uh, that was probably my my greatest like like joy of a Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, so yeah, mine would be. So I'm a Miami Dolphins fan, so I don't get excited that a lot about <laughs> you don't anything. Get to really, have much enthusiastic but moments. I hate the Patriots. <laughs> So whenever they were undefeated, and then they played oh, okay. the Giants, who snuck in the playoffs, and then it was the... Uh, was it the David Tyree one? Yeah, the, the catch, catch with the, the uh, football on the Helmet head. Catch. Just because they were Dude, such underdogs. That's my worst Super Bowl. Really? Because <laughs> um, I had a friend, they, went, they were undefeated that year, the Patriots, yeah. and my uh, former roommate at Cal, Ryan O'Callaghan, um, played for the Patriots, and we ah. went and watched a playoff game. Okay. And he got me a ball signed by the whole entire team. Dang. And so I'm like, I have the perfect 17-0 ball. They win the oh, Super Bowl. This thing is going to be worth thousands. And that <laughs> happened. And now that ball is like tucked away in my mom's house in my closet. <laughs> yeah. I don't just, even uh, care about it You'll break it out maybe to play catch one of these days <laughs> right. at this point. <laughs> but yeah, that's mine. Just because I love seeing the Patriots lose. And of course, to Eli Manning. I know, right? <laughs> Twice. <laughs> I think that was the first time you beat him. Yeah, oh no, yeah. definitely. It was. Um, for me, 
like without a doubt, Super Bowl forty three. Um, one, I'm a big Pittsburgh fan. Mm. So what was that? Cardinals. That was yeah. the Cardinals one. Mm. And just it, normally those big games for you have mo- one moment that stands out where it's like that's going to be remembered forever. The but in that catch. one, I think there there was two main ones that really stuck for me because Antonio Holmes in the corner of the end zone where yeah. any inch in any other direction, that catch wasn't going to happen or it was going to be picked. Mm. Or uh, James Harrison's the pick, pick six. six. Dude. Oh, I'm like, why isn't anybody catching him? There's, it's he's like a hundred yards. He's such a hundred yards. I don't pick get it. Six. And Fitz almost got him right before he got to the end zone. Yeah. And I thought I thought he got injured, but he was just dead. That's all. He was just laying there. But I'll always, always remember that. And then if we're talking about worst Super Bowls, it's going to be, still be Steelers. Super Bowl 40 was garbage. Against the, the Seahawks? Uh, I was pulled. I think I was. Wait. Oh, the Steel- did the Steelers lose that one? No, they won. It just was an ugly game. Oh, yeah. I'll that's right. <laughs> oh, that was with Matt Hasselbeck. Yeah. yeah. That was the Heinz Sean Ward. Alexander. They did the, they did yeah, the was a cool flea with flicker. Antoine Randall throwing that, but. It was just weird. I was pulling for, I think it was, no, yeah, I was going for the Seahawks because they ended up losing. You guys had the bus then, right? Yeah. And then you guys, you guys went against the Packers. I won't bring that up. But. Yeah, I like seeing Seattle <laughs> lose. Uh, not a Pete Carroll fan. Uh, yeah. SC, that whole deal. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of I get why. that. See, I'm an SC fan, but I'm not a huge, I mean, Pete Carroll's what made us as good as we were. So it's right. like, but he is a very annoying guy and yeah. just, I mean, it's hard because we owe USC success to him and like what he made the program, and we've never gone back to that. But, but I mean, at the same time, like, I mean, at the same time, could, as much as he built it whole up, tangent. he kind of destroyed it with. And that's uh, what I was going to say. Him and Reggie Bush and all that. Yeah, all those players, like, and all the, the the rules that they broke exactly, and like what cowardly move of like, okay, they're starting to investigate. Yeah, um, I'm out. Exactly. Like, that's what I was going to bring speaks up. Never of that's it exactly again. What I was going to yeah. bring up. No, I get it. I get it. Yeah. But I mean, I was in like seventh grade, I think, when it was like, you know, like controversy wasn't a thing. Reggie there. Bush and Matt Liner. It was so easy. I grew up in Bakersfield, too, which is a little closer to LA. So State almost beat him that year. That was a shootout that mm. game. That's when the yeah. Reggie Bush like cut yeah. across the field. I remember that. Anyway, that's a whole other podcast. Sorry. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> we were about to go off. Right. Um, so, I mean, right off the bat, I think we just let's let the people that don't know the birth of Cup of Joy kind of. Um, there was a maybe a moment where you decided, you know what? I think my town needs this. I'm going to do this. Um, what kind of inspired you to open up this shop? And I mean, what led you to the, the specific location you wanted to open it? Because mm-hmm. obviously, Fresno is a big city. Um, you could have gone to Fresno, but you chose to open up in Clovis. And so, just kind of the origin. I'm kind of curious. Yeah, sure. The whole the whole story. So, um, football was my god my whole life. Um, Loved it. And then it wasn't until I think college where I started to realize after I hurt my neck and I've had two shoulder surgeries, finger surgery. And I'm like, man, this game is going to spit me up and chew me out and leave Mm -hmm. me pretty hopeless. Um, I'm not going to play my whole life. And so I need to start investigating where else to put my hope in because I started to see the hopeless nature of it. Um, and so I will get into faith a little bit because it is a part of my story and standing in front of that locker. I remember at Cal and I'm in front of my locker and I, and I'm sitting there and I'm just like, okay, football is starting to show hopelessness. God, how do I know that you're real? Um, Jesus, who the heck are you? I, I'm Armenian. So I, I was raised in an mm-hmm. Armenian church and I didn't understand one word they said. And so I didn't really grow up with any kind of history of faith. Well, and that, that was like my question. Then how do I know the Bible isn't just made up by man just to get rich? And so God, those are my questions. If you're up there, if you hear me, uh, I need some, I'm starting to look for some answers finally because, uh, football and girls aren't working out. Uh, (laughs) And, uh, so then from there I, I went on and played, um, end up in the craziness of all. Um, I, I saw the, the glory of God in the craziness of Berserkly on Telegraph Street is where I got saved. Um, <laughs> Berserkly, I Berserkly, like that. I've never uh, heard that yeah, before. I lived right on Telegraph. And man, you want to talk about grace to redeem me from, from that lifestyle. Um, and so anyway, get saved. And then now I'm like, okay, I go and I play my senior year, realizing I want to have a blessed year to make it to the NFL. Um, I, I make it to the NFL. Um, and that was a... A humbling process, you know, because yeah. here I thought the NFL was the greatest thing ever. I worshipped it. My say, recycled cans when I was a kid so I can afford NFL ticket to watch every game. Randy Moss was my hero, Brian Erlacher. And so I get there and that kind of showed me um, the... The 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 Siri, hope. Siri bro, why is Siri talking? Siri's getting hyped right it now. Heard, it heard, Big uh, Berkeley fan. She heard Berserkly. Um, she said, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. So, yeah. 
I'll have two phones. It's all good. That's how you can edit it. <laughs> Bro, that's a trip. Um, and so... Anyway, so now uh, to kind of get to the question, um, once I got to the NFL, and it was at Giant Stadium, as a matter of fact, where I'm sitting there and I'm looking around and I'm like, this is it. Like, yeah. I'm at G- Meadowlands Stadium playing the Giants. And nah, I, yeah, this doesn't really do it for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, funny enough, go figure, that was the game that I got hurt. Last NFL game that I ever played. Um, made a hit on kickoff and I, I went out. And so then from there, um, I, I quit football. Um, but that, what that did for my heart was show me that, Hey Zach, all of this that you've put all your hope into, like I got to let you taste it and to see like how fulfilling it really was. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't very fulfilling, like, mm. especially playing for the Detroit lions. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when I say it was a humbling road, uh, uh. getting drafted by them, uh, winning a couple games a year, uh, the, the, the Monday morning FU sessions that we'd constantly get. Yeah. Um, so that wasn't like, I didn't receive the glory of what the NFL could bring to most. Yeah. Um, and then from there, um, my boy, Dwayne Coleman, who I hit up and I said, Hey man, uh, football no longer makes me happy. Uh, sharing Christ, the love, the fulfillment that I get from that is what brings me joy. Uh, pray God reveals the plans for my life. And he said, bro, I got you. Um, he said, you should look into a mission trip. And so mm-hmm. the next day I was released from the lions. Um, that was that, that year that they had the NFL lockout. And I yeah. thought like, Oh God, you're locking out the NFL. So my neck can get better. Um, and so I, 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 re, I, I rehab an extra Works three months. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, Oh, Oh, dude, you love me so much. Like, so dope. Um, went back to camp, net caught on fire, uh, ended up walking away, get released. And um, I was like, man, like, I should go on a mission trip. So I yeah. went on a mission trip to England and um, another humbling process. I had a lot of pride in me, still do. And it, it was a humbling road. I went to England to go teach um, seven-year-old to 12-year-olds how to play American football. Um, I had just broken my foot. So I'm on this muddy field in England teaching these kids how to play American football. Like it was, it was a trying time. Like I'm an NFL star. What am I doing here right now? (laughs) Uh, So I had to, had to walk through that humble road. It's good for me. Um, But it was then when I uh, found myself in a cafe, Costa Coffee in Great Marlow in England, and I'm in this I'm, I'm in this coffee shop, and that was the first time that I was in a coffee shop other than Starbucks. Mm. Um, and I saw baristas actually like tamping pucks and steaming milk and pouring art. And I'm like, what in the world is this? I've never seen anything like it. So I was already on this kind of natural high of like, man, I'm, I have a little artistic side as well. And I yeah. saw that like, dude, this is dope. So then I go in like, man, I'm going to get into this word. And I get into the word and I come across Romans 8.1. Uh, the chief sinner that I was, I come across there. Therefore, there's no condemnation for those of us in Christ. And again, a little bit of my story, I wasn't always a church guy. Yeah. And so to know that, man, he paid that price and I don't have to pay that price. Like, Joy immensely yeah. drinking this cappuccino. Ooh, this is the best cappuccino I ever had. Man, this is a cup of joy. <laughs> and as I said that, Holy Spirit in me, Zach, take a look around in this coffee shop. Look at how people connect over coffee. Mm. Go to your hometown, open up a coffee shop, and share my love that I have for that community. And so um, I'm pumped, right? Like, yeah. oh, dude, dope. I'm on it. Like, entrepreneur. <laughs> I've always been an entrepreneur in life. Um, so I go home. And immediately, like my motto in life and all you listening, if you're going to do something, do it right. And so I went to coffee school and that cost 2,500 bucks. I didn't want to pay it because I didn't really know this was like this I didn't know there was faith. a coffee school. Coffee school in Portland, <laughs> Oregon. Yeah, I remember yeah, when yeah. you told me about that. The first time I heard that, I was yeah. I was working at a coffee shop when you okay. told me that. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't go to coffee school. I work at a coffee <laughs> shop. This sucks. Right. And so I got to learn all about coffee. And that was when I was like started tasting fruity coffee. And I'm like, what the heck is this yeah. junk? Like, that's not coffee. And so the palate started started to develop. And so now I kind of came home with a whole new knowledge of what I need, where, like what I need to achieve and what I need to do in order to get there. Um, and so another thing that he also said for me personally, what's helped grown me the most is Zach, here's the catch. Um, you must remain connected to me because if you remain connected to me, I will flow my love through you. You, That love will flow to your employees and then they will flow to the customers. Um, and I will share this. And again, it's nothing that I've done or employees have done. Um, glory to God. But I just had a friend of mine that's like, Hey man, so like I've been going to all the coffee shops in Fresno and like, I'm going to be honest, like cup of joy is alive. Like every other coffee shop I go into, it's just kind of crickets and mm-hmm. it's kind of like not cool to talk loud, but <laughs> cup of joy, it's just like, it's alive. And I was like, man, that goes back to the faithful promise that he made me of, 
you stay obedient and that place will be alive. And so um, that was my goal. And let me tell you, in that year, don't think that I was just some obedient, like perfect little child of yeah. God, bro. Uh, fear is real. Yeah. Um, I always thought that I was a fearless person, linebacker. I'm ready to hit anybody in the face. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to uh, the darkness, bro, that's a whole nother power. And uh, I did everything that I don't think that I was supposed to do. If you looked at like, man, the, the, the distraction of girls, that the road that I went down, drugs, alcohol, like I was putting all of this money that I invested into like my body and it's broken now into the NFL and I saved it and now I'm going to go put it into this like business when I have my mom that hates my coffee and said it tastes terrible (laughs) I have my sister saying Zach I know you you get over things in six months like don't do this and I'm like I finally like snap like listen like this has been my instructions. I'm going to do this. And so um, I came home and now it's like, okay, I went to the coffee school. I'm making pour overs at the house. It's bomb. Uh, where, where is the location? And uh, I was traveling through Fresno, Clovis. Um, and I remember, um, and, and this is a story of just perseverance. I put in my letter of intent for you who don't know what that is. You go to the landlord and say, hey, I have an intent to lease this spot from you. Um, I put it in thinking that like, okay, this is all I'm putting it, I'm all in. And I get a call Friday morning after I just got done partying at Aussies again, not the, the perfect person says old school Aussie days. Um, <laughs> and I wake up on my cousin's couch and, um, she calls me Friday morning. She's like, Hey, talk to my husband about, you know, this coffee shop idea you have. And I just don't think that that really is something that's going to work. And we want to, you have no prior experience and, uh, you know, not going to work out. And, uh, I didn't take that as like a failure or a no, um, immediately the voice in my head went off and said, hey, that place on Clovis Avenue that you drove by that used to be an old Chinese restaurant that you saw was for lease and you pridefully said, ooh, not good enough Like for for what I want to do. Drive by that on your way home this morning. And so, all right. So I drive by on the way home. I I peek in the window and I see exposed ceilings and brick wall. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) coffee shop. Um, and then from there, um, dealt the lease and, uh, again, no clue what I was doing. Uh, the miracle to me is that this business has gotten started off a 24 year old kid that never had a job besides an NFL football player. Um, and a year before that just had lost my dad, who was kind of my entrepreneur guider in life. Yeah. And now like, dude, this is really all on faith. And so, uh, December 10th is when we first opened our doors. Um, and we kind of hit the ground running from there. And so it like how it's all come together was just kind of hearing from God where he wants me to go. And it's kind of worked out so far. The rest is history. The rest is history. Uh, I will always remember. So we talk about it here all the time, how me and Preston shared the same job. We both worked at Starbucks. I worked at Herndon and Fowler in town and I was working one day. It was slow afternoon. And this big dude comes in with a guy with an accent. And he was just looking Benji. at everything, looking at everything. And I was like, who is this guy? He's just analyzing everything on our shelves. Like, this, <laughs> do you want to get something or not? And so it was slow. No one's in the lobby. And so he starts talking to me and just start asking about, you know, how's business, yada, yada, this and that about the coffee shop Starbucks. And I was like, this is, I'm not running this. I'm just a barista. I'm going to school. But I ended up talking to him for like 30 minutes. And it was Zach who I was talking to. I didn't know at the time. And he was like, and I was asking, what are you guys up to? And he's like, oh, I'm thinking about opening up a shop in town, um, blah, blah, blah. I'm not sure where I want to go. He's like, what do you think would work well here? And I was like, well, honestly, people are, you know, society likes their on-the-go corporation, stop at Starbucks, get in and out coffee. I was like, but if it ever did work out, the only two places are Tower and Old Town Clovis. He's like, oh, okay. God, I didn't know he was from here. I thought he was some out-of-town big guru trying to check in on this. Yeah. And so we ended up talking for like 30 minutes and came back like, I mean, maybe a month later. And he's like, hey, you remember me? And it took me a while. I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. He's like, yeah, so I'm opening up a shop. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, he's actually doing it. Right. And at the time, it was funny because you had asked like if I was interested in joining and right. just coming on, kind of someone trying that could to be there. those employees. <laughs> yeah, he was, you, were, you were one of those guys that would go around recruiting uptown right. yeah. and say so anybody in Starbucks, you'd be like, hey, so yeah. what do you think? You like it here? Right. I got something for you. Like, what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> and at the time, I was like, oh, no, I got a good gig here, man. Like, it's fine. I, like, I love it here. Thanks anyway. You know, it's established job. Maybe I'll grow here. Probably two weeks later, maybe a month at the most, I got let go for accepting a free drink off the clock. And so I was like, it's just funny how stuff works out because I was like, oh, no, I'm good, man. Everything's fine here. And then, boom, a month later, I was like, oh, I wonder what would have happened if I would have said, yeah, dude, I'm in. So I always think about that. Yeah, it's funny. 
No, man, I, I definitely remember that. And, and that, and that, uh, the dude with an accent, Benji, that was the guy that I met on my mission trip who wanted to come take a vacation in California, hit me up and, uh, stayed with me for a week, like three weeks, supposed to be three weeks. And it turned into like a month. Uh, cause man, we we, we had a lot of fun, uh, out here, but, um, he was a part of the process and kind of saw, he was there when the whole idea came to fruition. And then he was there when I dealt the least, oh, I miss that guy. <laughs> Funny you bring him up. I haven't thought of him in seven years. Yeah. But, uh, no, that was the most, I, and I remember you guys laughed that I was like, I've never talked to a customer for that long before. It was probably a solid 30 minutes. And I was like, too, because you work there, too. You work in coffee as well, obviously. Yeah. You never have 30 minutes of pure, uninterrupted right. silence in a coffee shop. Right. And so I was like, when does this happen? Right. And as soon as you left, boom, like the line got like five cars. Right. Um, <laughs> but I always think about how weird that moment was. Um, that first month, two months, maybe three, when you were starting out owning the business, do you, can you pinpoint a moment where you were, you probably seriously questioned what you were doing? Like, wow, was this a good idea or not? Or like, it was just out the gate so hot. You're like, okay, you couldn't even think about that. You just had to focus on making sure. It was out the gate so okay. hot. Um, I didn't have an opportunity. Um, I'm cheap. I'm Armenian, right? So I got that Armenian <laughs> cheapness in me. And so rather than, you know, getting my milk deliveries, uh, calling producers and paying that delivery charge and Aramark to wash my towels and to do all those smart things, um, I'm like, bro, I got to hustle. And so <laughs> I can't afford to have anybody do this. I'm going to do it myself. So I'm the one driving to Costco and picking up the milk and picking up the bread and making the paninis in the back and doing everything yeah. that I can. And then the, uh, the towels... Um, um, funny story, the towels, I remember like, so I'm opening at, we did open at 6am when we first started. So I'm getting there at 5.30am and I'm closing and I'm going home at 10.30. So that was about three months straight of that. Um, and I'm washing the towels when I get home. And I remember a buddy just reminded me of this. I'm going, I pull up, I lived in Harlan ranch. I go to pull into my house and as I'm waiting for my garage door to open, I fall asleep. And my car runs into my house and my buddy runs out like I woke up obviously when I hit my house, but like the grind was so real back then because I just, I didn't know what I was doing, but I knew I had work ethic. And so, yes, I knew nothing about business. I knew nothing about, not too much about coffee. Yeah, I went to a coffee school, but one thing I did know, and that to me is what helped trump the fear is when I sat there and said, look, like I made it to the NFL. Everyone told me I couldn't do that. And in order to get there, I had to have work ethic. And so taking that work ethic and fearlessness and discipline and just apply it, I think I can do this. Um, and two, even though my dad wasn't with me either, rather than like looking at like, oh, my dad's not here, feel sorry for me or cry in a little pity party, like, hold up, like my dad was a legend and like, I'm his son. Like, I know he's not here, but I couldn't have fallen too far from the tree. And so that was like the extra. I know I had the God thing and everything. He can do all things. But like, man, I'm Bob Fallett's son, man. I could do this. (laughs) So that gave me the confidence uh, to get going. And uh, after the three months... I knew that we had something special when uh, people were telling me how business is supposed to go when you start. Oh, got um, it. Okay. And uh, we didn't go that way. Yeah. Like, you're supposed to be in the red for three years and do X, Y, and Z. Um, and it was literally like, bam, customers. And uh, there was a joy, a supernatural joy. I'm going off of three hours, four hours of sleep um, that I had in that time. Um, and a lot of people, too, I was going to throw this in, is uh, I hear a lot of people, man, like, I'm waiting for, like, I'm waiting for my wife. I'm waiting for this. I'm waiting for my husband. And like, for me, like, if you just follow the path that you're supposed to be on, and for me, it was being obedient to what God told me to do. Like after a month later of opening the shop, wife walks through the front door. Um, and then God knows that I needed that wife the first month because, uh, I don't know if you guys have been to cup of joy, a lot of beautiful women come into there. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, I think it would be a cup of tears by now, by the way, (laughs) of who I was if uh, he didn't make sure I was locked down. (laughs) funny story i told ramon before uh i don't know if you remember this but i uh we me and my friend who eventually ended up working at cup of joy brian bader mm. so, brian is back working for cup of joy right is now. he right i need to go see miraculous him. So some me, friend you are so me <laughs> and brian i had just moved here to fresno from bakersfield right around the same time cup of joy open brian had moved here from wherever he's from and we just started hanging out we connected at church and then um, we're like, dude, there's this new coffee shop. Let's just go there. So we'd go there any free time we had. It was before I was married, so I just like had time. And we'd just go hang out there. And it was still within the first two months, so it wasn't like it wasn't like it is now. But you would still have those rushes. And it was we've been going there pretty consistently. 
And I remember Brian was trying to get the job there. Mm. So we were there all the time. It's like, oh, if I just hang out here enough, they're eventually going <laughs> to hire me. <laughs> it worked. And we're, uh, we're <laughs> hanging out there, and it just gets busy. And then uh, we're just like, uh, you know, we're sitting there having coffee, and then you come over to us like, guys, can you go give me some milk real quick? <laughs> You gave us like forty bucks. We like we like got in my truck because he didn't have a car at the time. He's like, "Dude, let's go get this guy milk." I'm like, "All right." So then we drive down to Smart and Final, get like forty dollars worth of milk, and bring it back. But I think of that, and then I think of what it is now, and it's just crazy. Well, I mean, you almost set the segue up perfect because you were talking about you didn't do milk deliveries; you just did the hustle yourself. (laughs) That's real, right there. And so I just picture this moment where you run up to this guy who were essentially strangers at the time, just regulars in your shop. Hey guys, I just can you help a guy out? Right, go give me forty gallons of milk. <laughs> right, hey, sure, man. <laughs> no, dude, it was great because we loved it there. So we're like, yeah, why not? It was honestly the only thing I was surprised at. I could have seen you like here are my keys to like take my car, right. use my truck <laughs> for, for real, man. And and that's what like the fun part of it was is just kind of like embracing the community aspect yeah. of it. And I remember Brian vividly and the both of you. And uh, yeah. the reason why he got a job was it was a rush, and I was sitting down doing something, and uh, he started busting tables uh, okay. and putting dishes away. And I looked at him, and I was like. Uh, you trying to get a job here? And he's like, a matter of fact, I am. And I was like, well, you're off to a good start. Like, I see what you're doing. Um, and then that voice, like, I got his number. And then, like, I just remember this voice whenever I needed to hire an employee, which we started with six employees. And yeah. I think by month three, we had 15 employees. Yeah. Um, and so I was just calling whoever was interested, hiring people on the spot, put an apron on, let's get to work. Um, and so to see, right. Um, and in that, it's been the saddest part about that is what I regret, but I didn't know any different. So it was what it was, was, uh, the people that have gotten burned by cup of joy, Mm. um, because of my inadequacy to know what I'm doing. Um, and it was just kind of like a poop show, I guess you could say, um, to where people like one, I was not the best boss. Like you got to realize, like I'm coming straight from the football field. I'm a linebacker and there's not a gentle bone in my body. Like I would give people the look of death, like when they weren't doing their job. And, uh, after, you know, you make so many guys cry, like guys, not just (laughs) girls, guys cry. (laughs) Like you start to realize, like I got to become gentle and having customer service football kind of, um, altered me a little bit because everywhere I was, Zach, the football player, let's talk about football, football. And so it was like, I want to hide from people. And, you know, that's not really what God didn't give me this gift to hide and not talk to people. And so a cup of joy forced me to be in the public eye to where anyone can come and talk and learning to get out of my own self Mm. um, and love people when I don't want to love people. Um, Like I don't, I'm an extrovert, but when I can, I'd love to be an introvert. Totally. Um, And so that really helped me. Cup of joy has grown me as a boss to where now I don't think we really burn employees like we used to. And I feel so bad because I just didn't know any better. And uh, you know, uh, relationships have been able to mend, um, but it definitely was a rough road in the beginning. Yeah. What's your guys' uh, so like hiring process now? Do you guys get people all the time? Oh, to it's, work it's so much better. <laughs> um, it literally was like I see somebody and like, hey, you want a job? <laughs> and we'd hire them. Hey, and, kid, you want to be a star? Uh, yeah, right? <laughs> Straight up. Yeah, so now uh, I'm pretty much totally out of the hiring process. Cool. Um, just from the safety of, I know somebody like, Hey man, can like my son come work for you? And like one, like maybe if your son came and asked me himself, I would probably, right. Oh, I've right. always had a problem. Don't you with love that. that one? Oh my gosh. <laughs> and so, um, now we have, uh, man, a, a pretty bulletproof system. Um, and it's helped a lot. We finally are getting smart, even with donations, you yeah. know, being a Christian coffee shop, people think, Oh, go to cup of joy. Like they're, gonna they're, give, yeah. they're, they're <laughs> inclined to, to give you. And when you have every school carnival and every school program, oh. Um, yeah. we finally now, like when they come up, Hey, we just added a donation uh, request form on our website, go yeah. there. Um, and now that saves a lot of like, man, this fool, this fool's a, this fool's a mark. Like he ain't giving me anything. Yeah. Um, and so it's a good way to filter that. Um, with training, what did you, I mean, I probably progressed from you just, cause I remember you had that, uh, your first espresso machine at your house. Like mm-hmm. when you first started training employees, was it like, you know, brought them to your house? Like, this is what I want to do. These are the menus. Did you have in store training? Were you making it up as you went, like compared to the beginning to now, 
how do you get employees ready to be able to hop on that bar and make drinks? Yeah, so in the beginning, um, when that was rushes in the beginning that you guys were talking about, yeah. it was 25-minute wait times for drinks. Uh, we had no systems. I didn't even know how to train people because I was trying to figure it out myself. Um, and so that was a learning curve. You learn systems. Um, and then now to where we're at, um, we're finally, six years later, um, coming up with an amazing training program. Um, and, it, and it's tough. You, 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 you create a training program, and then you train some people, and then they all leave. And you're just like, man, I'm not going to invest in this training because they all leave anyway, and i got to start over. <laughs> yeah. So I stopped. And then it's like, we have four locations now, and yeah. we need to have a legit training program. And so um, I just, I'm excited that our manager at the Fresno shop, who is the manager at Clovis, Kevin, um, he's he's awesome barista. And he is now going to head our training program to where it's one day in the classroom where cool. you're learning about the history of coffee. You're learning how to describe pour overs. You're learning about our menu. So yeah. now, like my biggest pet peeve people come to the like it was terrible our training we just oh you're a new employee jump on register and like oh what's in the cup of joy uh <laughs> let me see uh, what's what's in the what's cup the of menu say yeah and i'm just like oh my coffee God, this is so uh... bad like uh, oh this pour over which one you suggest and then they grab the pour over menu and start reading it like oh my god that one sounds cool help. yeah so <laughs> Um, you know, that was definitely a knock and I mean, and that's why I really love competition of other coffee shops coming because yeah. it made me open up my eyes. Um, competition, you can look at it fearfully or you can look at it, um, like in, in a good way of like, man, like high top came in the game and they are on top of things. Um, it's a, it's, they have one shop so they can focus on quality, focus on their drinks more. Well, shoot, like, because they came into the game and did their homework and did it right. Like it's going to blare our weaknesses that much more. Yeah. And so, hey, Kevin, we need to invest in a training program. And so we just created a commissary. Um, we called it uh, Cup of Joy World Headquarters. We took over the gun shop behind us on our oh, patio. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. And so that's our headquarters. And we have a conference room in there um, oh, and a training facility. So now we don't have to wait um, on a Sunday to train or after hours. So we're excited about that. Dope. So just before, I want to remind people of that. So you have four locations. You have Old Town. You have the one... Towards the tower, yeah. Yeah, it's right across from Fresno High, yep. right? Um, and then you have the Cedar and Herndon. It's the drive-thru, right? Mm-hmm. Cedar and Herndon. Yep. Then one in Madera. I don't know where that is. is there- yes, so that's by Madera High School, the original. Okay. Um, and real quick to touch on the joy-throughs. So yeah. um, in the beginning, everyone in specialty coffee like just snubbed their nose to uh, doing a drive-thru. Yeah. Um, and I think I... And, and, I told myself that if I had a cafe with a drive through I sold my soul um, for business. <laughs> no, I, I honestly uh, remember you mentioning yeah. that. Yes, yeah. and uh, not going to lie, I almost signed a lease uh, to do that because you now get into business and you realize, okay, minimum wage is going up to $15 soon and X, Y, and Z. And you know what? drive through that's what people want. And we can't be stuck. I think what the biggest mistake business owners and I've made constantly is we want to do it our way. Mm-hmm. Um, well, guess what? You have a customer that wants it their way and, um, being stuck in doing it your way, um, isn't always what the customer wants. And you can't help look at Dutch brothers and say they're doing something right. Yeah. Um, and so I looked at that model and being like, okay, um, we have, it's very convenient to get bad coffee on the go. Yeah. Um, let's make it convenient to get good coffee. And so mm-hmm. we're going to invest in the machines. We're going to invest in uh, people that care about, uh, third wave coffee in these dry drive-throughs and so it was an experiment and so we opened up the first one we're going to give quality coffee and then people drive through and they're like this tastes like coffee i don't like it and it's like (laughs) yeah like (laughs) it's good coffee don't you know and um that really opened my eyes to the customer wants sugar um that's the way americans grew up on coffee Mm. and so you know not going above and beyond with the sugar but adding more drinks in the joy through side of the menu of where people that's kind of where the hallelujah was born give them more flavor to their coffee um and so it's been a learning experience but um it's been fun it's definitely a uh an avenue that we're exploring for growth yeah i don't know if you know this but i feel like whenever you go to cup of joy um and I don't know if you noticed, but I feel like whenever you walk in, like people, like you have this thing about you, where you're like, "Oh, Zach's here." <laughs> right, right, right. We call it Fresno Famous, right? <laughs> <Okay. laughs> I just didn't know if you were aware of the Fresno Famous that you. I are. don't think anyone that is knows it. Yeah, I think that's what it's Our about. Clovis celebrity. Oh, that works too. It's a CC, a little CC. I mean, um, <laughs> because then I, I was also in what Doghouse the other day, and like your jersey's just hanging up. There's that ever like. 
like, whoa, like my jersey's hanging up somewhere. Is I that- mean, I credit that because my cousin owns it. And so he, <laughs> oh, yeah. he, he hooked me up. Hey, gotcha. bro, let me get some jersey space up there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so uh, he hooked it up. No, but uh, I get what you're saying. Sometimes I hear it. And uh, for people man, stare at you like from a distance. Like, yeah. And like, I kind of know like, oh, yeah, like that, that's the owner. That's him. And like, to be honest, like it doesn't register, register in my head that like, yeah. I'm anyone special. Because yeah. if I'm like a human, like everyone else, and if you're a human, you have a voice in your head tell you how much you suck. Like that's just the way life is. And so you're constantly thinking that you're not good enough. Um, and that's something off topic that like, I think is very important that I've been trying to deal with of, uh, I can get deep now. I've been getting real deep. Um, but, um, you know, never having a dad in my life that I ever got and I love you or I was ever good enough. The only time he told me I was good enough was after a football game. Dak, I'm so proud of you with tears in his eyes. And I would roll my eyes like, Bro, get away from me. Like, yeah. you, you do not, you're not proud of me. You told me I was the most worthless piece of shit son a father could have. Yeah. And, like, that, like, cripples somebody. And so, as I've got to show me, as I've gone and I went and opened up the second cup of joy. And, like, it, it didn't fulfill me. And yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. Like, I opened this and it's just kind of like, okay, I opened it. Like, yeah. I didn't do it. And then I do this and I do that. And God was like, you're trying to get the approval from a dead man. Like, and that's the biggest thing that I think that we have such a false identity of who we are because we were never thinking that we were good enough. And I'm so messed up in my mind that like, as people mentor me and say, Zach, like, bro, you're accepted, like you're loved. And I'm just like, forget that, bro. I don't want to hear that I'm accepted and loved Mm. because never feeling like I'm good enough has given me the drive to make it to the NFL, to prove my dad that I'm good enough to make it in business, to prove you that I'm not, that I'm, that I don't suck and that I'm a good person or like that I can do it. Yeah. Um, and so that's just kind of been something that like, I've been trying to like tell myself that like, man, I am good enough. Um, and it's weird. Like you don't want to tell yourself you're good enough because like, Oh, that's pride. Totally. And I'm not trying to be prideful. And uh, it's it's a weird pit that I'm just still rolling in. Um, Definitely. Yeah. It it seems like you have a very, um, the finish line doesn't exist type of mentality where you kept saying never good enough. At the old uh, place I worked at, the CEO had a uh, line that he'd always say that kind of resonated me more than anything was with, uh, you never, you don't arrive until you depart. Right. And so I feel like you really kind of, that's in a way your mantra. Right. So, with this whole approach to life where you just consistently like it's never good enough, you want to continue to grow. It's obvious that the business is growing tremendously. It's kind of a two part question. Um, where's the business going in regards to more locations in Fresno? I think I read somewhere about franchising Mm -hmm. and then two technology is evolving as well. And it's no longer about speaker systems at these drive through places. Cause Mm -hmm. it seems like you're really trying to tap into that aspect of the business. How are you going to allow technology to creep into your business as well? You have to be on the technology train. And so we're on the back end right now learning it, man. Praise God for Shopify. (laughs) Um, We just created a, uh, right now we're in building infrastructure phase um, because I've already know if you grow without structure, Mm -hmm. it's going to be a mess. Yeah. Um, And you're going to have managers quit and they're going to hate you because you didn't have things set up properly. Uh, That's why you want to stay working at Starbucks because bro, they got a system. That was it. Yeah. 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 That was a hundred percent the reason. Yeah. And so, so this past year, uh, man, we have an app now for our managers. No longer is it a text message or an email to make an order and I miss this it is uh, an app with pictures and it's like you're going online to to, to buy things on amazon and you just go on there scroll order 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 that shoots to the kitchen manager kitchen manager gets it preps the order goes and delivers um and then on the customer side of thing is convenience and so um I have some ideas um of making it super convenient when it comes to um my technology and convenience and then what cup of joy is about so that is where I struggle. It's a it's, balance beam. It's yeah. a balance. And like, we're about people. Mm-hmm. We want to give love to people. And if I delete that register person, um, well, then I'm not going to have the most shining face going and making, because people, I feel like come to, come to cup of, you can get coffee anywhere. Coffee is about convenience. Mm-hmm. I think that ours is good, but it's where's closest to me. Yeah. And I feel like why people come and why we've been successful is what people also are craving for, whether they know they need it more than caffeine is love Mm. Uh, we are designed to be loved um, to be valued and so if i have a computer screen taking your order there's no hey man girl that that hat looks good on you today you know what i mean there's none of that like man dopamine 
You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I'll get on dopamine real quick too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> dopamine. Just I mean, saying it. He feels yeah, it. <laughs> I feel it, man. Uh, dopamine. I just watched. Uh, I highly um, encourage. There's a TED Talk. Um, Simon Sinek of uh, uh, millennials in the workforce. Yeah. Um, and before I go millennial bashing, I'm a millennial. Yeah. Um, so I, love I fit those, in that. Those but, yeah. yeah. I, I I fit in that. But what he was saying in that is so real and true. Um, but one of the things is, um, alcohol, gambling, smoking, um, those all release dopamines mm-hmm. and that's why we run to them. Yeah. Um, social media likes text messages, the smartphone releases dopamines, yeah. which is why we are addicted to them. But yeah. with alcohol and everything else, there's an age limit to it. Um, mm-hmm. for us kids, there isn't an age limit. And so, I won't explain this whole thing, but I highly suggest you go on YouTube and just type in Simon Sinek millennials um, and watch that because I now see what he's talking about. And I'm like, this is really true. He makes a lot of great points and it's coming from someone smart rather than me going off on a tangent and being like another dude on a tangent. Like, bro, he actually knows what he's talking about. Yeah. And then my challenge to myself, because I fall into it is, um, okay, now what are we going to do? Yeah. Like, I know that this is what it does. Am I going to delete my Instagram or am I just going to keep the needle in my arm and keep just numbing my life and, mm. and, and things that I want and then wake up at 40 and just like, I didn't do anything. Yeah. Um, and so like, that's my biggest challenge to myself. And uh, with me, like I try to inspire everyone around me. Um, the FJ, MJ, Meyer Briggs, I'm the inspirer, I guess mm. they said I was. And so I like, I, uh, it's a balance of trying to inspire, but at some point, like people don't want to do it Um, and having to be okay with that and loving them anyway. Um, and it's, it's hard, man. I'm wired uh, personally just by having a dad always pushing me. Uh, but besides the dad thing, uh, coaches, like dude, coaching, like never, ever, ever good enough. Um, and they constantly just ripped you. And like, you're thinking, so like I was bred. And so to just like, Oh, I'm a Christian and I'm all of a sudden good enough now. Like I just got done with 15 years of transfer of my mind telling me and people telling me that I'm not. And so, um, it's, it's tough to persevere from that pit, man. Yeah. Um, the, the, the voice of fear and uh, false identity uh, is very true. And I'll just add this. I ain't trying to get too religious on everyone, but, bro, that's my, why I need the word of God. I hate yeah. reading. I hate school. But, like, what the lies come and tell us, they're true to a worldly sense to where – if it says that I'm lazy, like you're never going to do open this coffee shop because mm-hmm. look at this. You're right. Like I am that way. Um, but the word of God supersedes the word of the, the truth of the world. And so to know that like, man, I'm seen as perfect. I can do these things. That is my only hope because the, the biggest problem that I've faced in business so far is when I first started, I only had him. Well, yeah. now that I am uh, whatever you call Fresno famous. Yeah. <laughs> I have, I now have Richard Watson as a father-in-law. I had, I had a meeting with Dave Fansler. I have uh, uh, Rachel from cycle bar who is yeah. my, my real estate. And I have all these professionals who know what they're talking about. Yeah. And now all I've done is added 30 opinions gotcha. of what I should do. And I would be a fool not to listen to what Mr. Watson has to say. I'd be a fool not to listen to what Dave Fansler has to say. And so now it just like, I thought I was losing my mind. Like yeah. my mind was just spinning with all these things of drive through, no drive through this, this, this coffee shop's going there. And it wasn't until, um, by grace, I went on a, a backpacking trip. Anybody that wants to go on a backpacking Dude, trip me. with me, so bad, bro, I would love to take you. I'll make you the best cop- coffee, like Dude. with snow melt. Dude, anytime the- I see those pictures from you, need coffee awesome. out on your camping trips. Oh, I'm like, shit, that's probably the best fire, cup of coffee bro. ever. It is so good. And so I would love to invite. But anyway, I went on this backpacking trip and um, I'm, I'm, I'm spitting off all this stuff to this guy. And it was cool to finally have someone who didn't care about me, didn't care about Cup of Joy. Mm. He was just, uh, he cared about the word. And like, I get done ranting all this stuff. And he's like, all right, Zach, uh, can I share some weaknesses that I see in you? And uh, which is rare. A lot of people don't oh, do definitely. that. And I'm like, yeah, please. And he's like, uh, Zach, you, you need to have a knowledge of the word of God is uh your mind is running crazy and there's no foundation and mm. like that humbled me and it and in this time i'm i i i have add so i don't do a good job reading uh so i like promises of god on google and there's a list and so i've been meditating on those and like bro 
just the peace that my mind has been able to have rather than worrying about what every new coffee shop is doing, man, just focus on me and yeah. focus on loving my employees, loving my wife. Um, and another thing real quick, I got to lie. Get it all out. I man. suffer from depression. Yeah. Like real depression is real in my yeah. life, like to where it's so dark, like like a triple E, a Christian rapper talks about, like, save all your antidotes and cute quotes. Like when you're when that when that demon, it has you in a chokehold, like there's nothing anyone can say, then I want to die and kill myself. Mm. And what I've learned is depression comes from an obsession with self. Yeah. Because you're obsessed with what you're not. Yeah. And he shared some wisdom with me saying like, hey, when you have like those depressed, like those depressed moments, like, and you want to, cause I'm, I'm afraid that I'm going to blow up on employees. Cause I know what's in me, the mm-hmm. lion that's in me. And when you have those moments, go love somebody, yeah. go serve somebody, get up, go to the front register and buy someone a, a, a cup of coffee. Yeah. And uh, I just practiced that with my wife. We got into a little tiff yesterday at work and cause I ate her lunch, right? <laughs> She packed me a little lunch and I was like, this couldn't be just for me. And I ate it all. She comes back like <laughs> mad, like, bro, you ate my lunch. And I'm like, bro, what do you expect? Like, da, da, da. and like, <laughs> I left like mad and like, I'm, I'm, I'm driving home just like, man. And I wanted to run right to my vice. Um, and go to that vice and just numb it and just go from there. Well, I've cut the vice out of my life. There's no Instagram to go dopamine fiend on me. And so I go and I get home and this little voice was like, uh, open the fridge. All those ingredients that that salad is in here. You could chop that thing up right now and you could go drive back to a cup of joy and deliver that salad. Yeah you know what? I've never done anything like that. And uh, this is that opportunity to go serve in my depression right yeah. now or in my anger. And I went and did that and I left. I just gave her a kiss and I left and, and went to the gym. And then I get this just paragraph text message of, oh my gosh, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. I love you. And I was just like, man, like your way works. Yeah. So, I mean, the whole point of this show, I think if you were to say it in one sentence, is just to humanize a business owner. And yeah. that sentence right there, a couple sentences. Right. Like he has fights too. <laughs> he has fights with yeah. his wife too. Okay, he's not some sort of like we. You know, we touched on Fresno famous, but he has fights with his wife, and he's just made a style that he's never made before. And what's funny is even though you you know you were talking about the dopamine, and you know you got to eliminate these things from your life, it's still the story ended with you receiving it. But the only way you were able to receive it in that scenario was by doing something mm-hmm. for somebody, and then you received it through your phone still, but right. still it required a different route. 100%. And so I like how the ending was still receiving that dopamine you were talking about. Right. But it yeah. completely, the route was a complete different route than what you were started the conversation with. Oh, I love how you picked that up because I didn't really even think of that. Because, yeah, like the, the one dopamine hit of just going to Instagram, but like I got like a, a different dopamine. You like still got pleasure like, from your phone. You yeah. know what I mean? But it required work on your end. It was like stress or the bomb super. You yeah. know what I mean? I got the bomb super <laughs> on that one. And it's funny that you're talking about all these things, removing those things from your life because press, we're kind of oh. both doing something not similar, but removing these unnecessary yeah. things. Um, for me, I finally got rid of Facebook and Snapchat from my mm. phone. And that's just two parts of four, because right. obviously there's just four heavy hitters of social media. Yeah. And then pressing this whole yeah. month. I've started, I've slowly becoming a, a minimalist, um, which is different. Like you come to my house, like, oh, you still have stuff. I don't live in a tiny house or anything. But this whole month, each day of the month, we get rid of something. So on the first, you get rid of one thing. On the second, you get rid of two mm. things. So like what's to 26 days. So I got to find 26 things to get rid of in my house. Wow. So me and my wife have both been doing it. So by the end of the month, which she's actually beating me right now, it's like a game. Um, we're going to get rid of a thousand, which you think, dude, how do you have a thousand things? But if you take a look around the house and the stuff that you don't use and right. like just materialistic things like, Oh, I needed that thing. But like, have I used that in the past 90 days? No. So it obviously doesn't add value to my life. Um, and what it does, it's just clearing up any type of fog or distractions from keeping you from doing what you actually are passionate about or actually want to do with your life. Right. Just like Instagram. So I like, luckily now with the update, you can put limits on your phones and limits on apps. Like right. I lit myself to an hour a day to on all social media networks, but I got rid of Facebook. Um, so, and I think, yes, that's a problem with, uh, millennials like you were saying like we have this instagram the dopamine the likes like it's why we do everything it's why like selfies are a thing because we like to see the heart pop up and how many numbers and follows but um really you're it's like that's not you you're just portraying yourself to be something the best version of you but like when really 
um, when we don't get those likes, like bad things happen to us. Like we get depressed and like, oh, well, why does this person get 30,000 likes and follows and me over here with my 50 likes or whatever it is. So, yeah. but without that, like, and if you think like, what did people do before this? Right. Like exactly. Yeah. And so now I'm very on the verge of like just deleting Instagram, but, and it's like you said, right. like it's, I think we're so many people are addicted to it, yeah. including myself and like taking that needle out. Right. And, and it's, and it's acceptable to be addicted to it. Like yeah. if it was alcohol or drugs and it's like, Oh man, you got a problem. But when it's that, it's it's like everyone is addicted to it. I mean, if I'm being real, coffee, same thing. Like it's oh, an acceptable yeah, yeah. addictive drug. Um, I love to joke. I'm the Christian drug dealer. Pushing, yeah. pushing weight. <laughs> it's the real, yeah, that's right? a real it's, statement, it's a real though. Thing, but just because we as a society say it's acceptable still means you're addicted to drugs. Yeah. Like, um, and that's with a lot of different things. Um, but uh, yeah, man, I think self-discipline. I watched uh, like... For I've been challenging as you have that challenge. Yeah. My wife and I have been challenged rather than falling asleep to Netflix. And, uh, yeah. you know, I don't think there's anything more comforting than falling asleep to friends. You know, yeah. Like, yeah, we, all have that show. we all have our show. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you know, it just brings me back to childhood. Yeah. And I said, you know, I want to challenge like, but I'm not saying that we can't watch yeah. friends, but before we do, let's watch uh, a five minute video of we want to buy a new car. Yeah. Um, I don't know the difference between the benefit of buying and leasing. Mm-hmm. So one thing I've learned with YouTube, there is a cartoon that <laughs> describes everything. <laughs> yes. Like they talk about it and they draw a little cartoon. So it's yeah. so easy and simple to understand. Yeah. 401k investing. We want to open up a plan for our employees. So let me learn about that. YouTube for that. So like what we've done is like save a five to 10 minute video yeah. that we watch and last night was on a uh, uh, motivational speakers of self-discipline mm. and like yeah it's the, the 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 poison of instant gratification yeah um yeah it'll keep giving us what we want now but like i've learned the uh, of before kind of technology took over our lives i didn't get to the nfl by just hey draft me like yeah the sweat and the work and the dieting and the um on summers like bro uh the mini lake havasu at millerton lake when we tie up all our boats back in the day like i wanted to go party and do that but yeah i gotta go back to and train and yeah. so like giving those things up and to see how much further you will get in life how much happier and uh in that video and simon Sinek talked about like Right now, what we're in jeopardy of is people that the, our generation and in, in, in the addictions that we have is you're going to just go through life and never experiencing true joy. And totally. like, oh, that sucks because true joy is amazing. Yeah. And I'm sure that you see this, too. But you notice whenever you go out to eat or coffee, everyone takes their phone out of their pocket and they set it right here. Right. I'm guilty of that yeah. for sure. And there's a person right in front of you. Right. In that video, sorry to keep quoting it. He no. said, when we do that, when we take our phone out and set it, you're telling that person that's sitting in front of you, yeah. you're secondary to what comes on. I think I've phone. seen this video. It's, okay. it's so good. Or though. at least little blurbs from it. Yeah. And, I think yeah, that's and there's a drawing. Make sure you do. It's the one with the drawing on okay. it. Because I mean, I'm visual. I need to see someone drawing yeah. a picture to get it. You know, football player, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, last question about the, the business. Um, I had kind of touched on it, but the franchising, that really interests me that you even are considering that. Um, what kind of inspired that, and how do you plan on approaching that? What is your end goal? Do you okay. have an end goal? Yes. So why that even got going, I remember the beginning, franchise, no way. Like, bro, I got to, no. Because people about. think, like, it compromises the culture, because right. the culture is heavy to right. you, I can tell, sure. in regards to the employee-to-customer interaction. Yeah. That's what you're selling. Coffee is just the right. side point. So here's where I think I've come up with a plan um, or I've been given a plan um, that one thing is when I got out of the NFL, I saw the broken system uh, where most of these guys, they came from, man, they don't really have fathers in their lives. Um, They go, they're a great athlete. They go into the NFL. They have, they make a a name for themselves and then they're done. And for football players, like you got to realize we've been handed a script of when to wake up, when to eat, when to work out. And now that's done. And you're 25, 26, 28 years old. And now it's like, what am I going to do with my life? I have this money in the bank and now I need a new identity because the football player has been stripped. And so like seeing that broken system, um, the, the plan for franchising is going to be through the joy throughs. Um, it'll be, it's a lot easier to, uh, to, to franchise that, um, is going to former NFL friends that I've made, uh, guys that played with me at Cal. Um, they're in Arizona, Calvin Johnson in, uh, in, in Atlanta, Justin Forsett in Texas, Tyler Klutz in Texas. And I've all kind of talked to them and said, Hey, um, because, okay, what was, what was the system that worked for cup of joy? Uh, 
local sports figure, um, work ethic, um, have financial access to, to money to go and open it. Um, and I'm looking at like former NFL players are the perfect recipe here. Here's a coffee shop to go and open in your community. Uh, the news crew is going to give you, uh, um, free advertising, um, because they want to know what are you doing now? Uh, Cameron Jordan. Oh man, this is what I'm doing. And you're going to be fulfilled because you are now giving back to your community and loving and connecting. And like part of it, like in the contract, you got to show up three times a week, stick your head out the window, smile, shake hands, steam some milk. And I think that that will solve a problem of that goes on in the NFL to where guys are killing themselves. They suffer, bro. CTE. Yeah. I don't like speaking it into existence, but I've had multiple concussions. Yeah, that okay. that concussion movie um, yeah. with Will Smith. It's eye opening. Like, yeah, it's real. Like, and um, you know, I, I I pray for the wives of football players oh, because bet. the darkness that we can enter into uh, is pretty rough. And so, giving them an outlet, giving them hope that they can become something more, um, is 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 a passion of mine. And then I was like, man, like I have this business, like this might be able to work. And knocking a franchise in California, this state, bro, is getting harder and harder. Oh, that's what I always hear from any business owner we so talk to. Here's what they've just passed is, um, you go, I'm the franchisor, you're the franchisee. Uh, you go and open up a, a cup of joy in Sacramento and you hire a manager and that manager said an inappropriate thing to, uh, an employee. Well, now she files sexual harassment and not does that only go to the franchisee. There is no veil. She can come and sue me as the franchisor. And I have nothing to do with the way that she, that shop is run. I didn't hire anybody. And so they've taken away the veil. So that employee can now come all the way to us and sue us for sexual harassment. And wow. it's like, um, I like sleeping. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I don't want to stay awake all night stressed about things. <laughs> um, and so yeah, California doesn't look good. Yeah. I agreed. Um, I mean, just a quick tidbit on the NFL. I'm curious your take. We asked our previous guest if, with the direction it's going, obviously you see, especially as a defensive player, as was your main position, uh-huh. the adjustment, the rule adjustments that they're making, obviously the bogus one about the sack where you can't put your whole body weight on the quarterback, which physics tells you that's not possible. Impossible, but yeah. um, do you think the NFL will become extinct eventually? Oh, man. Within our lifetime, I guess is the best way to put it. With all this research that's being done with the injuries, like obviously a lot of it's not, you can't prevent any sort of physical injury and head injury you can only you know put it off for so long do you think that it'll ever be extinct because of the negative energy that's being towards it right now um i can't say it'll ever be extinct um and i look at the principality that is the nfl um and the money that is made through that um they will not allow it to be extinct uh that and you see all these rule changes to try to preserve but it's kind of like Man, uh, I feel sorry for defensive players. You can't play football in the rules that they have. Mm-hmm. I would have been ejected from every college football game. Um, I mean, I let I, that's my neck. I led with my head. Um, but um, when I was in the NFL in 2009, uh, Roger Goodell came to our team and like put on a sh- like a little spiel of like, right now the NFL is a nine billion dollar business. Yeah. Uh, by 2022, uh, we project it to be a 22 billion dollar business. And I remember being like, dang, like, and that's why you're seeing the Thursday night. The, 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 yeah. It's blown up from when we were kids of what the oh, NFL yeah. is now, NFL networks and so forth. Um, so, yeah, I don't see it being extinct, um, but they definitely have a challenge in front of them. Um, one thing I learned, like, I mean, it, it, I look at, I have a spiritual lens of how I look at things. And, like, I can tell you why the Detroit Lions aren't a good football team. And I was, that was going to be my next question. I feel like they're cursed. And, like, one thing, too, to, before I get into that, like, the shield of the NFL is all shiny. And I, my whole life I was deceived by the shininess and beauty of it. Yeah. And then, like, God, by his grace, allowed me to go and see behind it. And, like, bro, this is the darkest, uh, most evil, corrupt business I have ever tasted. I don't want nothing to do with this anymore. Um, and then, so now going to the Detroit lions, um, you know, thank God for, uh, trying to have healing and not hatred. It took me about three years to start watching football again. Once I was done, um, Mm. because in my mind I'm thinking like, okay, yeah, I know what I'm doing to my body. Um, we're all fools to like yell at the NFL. We know what we're doing, but they're going to take care of me because they have this and this, and uh, they all know my neck is injured. So I'll get a, a, a surgery when I'm done. What the NFL, what the Detroit Lions did to me is they tried everything possible to just like step on me 
and just crush me and give me, um, they, they actually waived me after my neck injury. They waived me healthy. We had arbitration because, um, through the NFLPA, I walked away with nothing. They kicked me out and said, good luck. And to see the way that they do business and the way that they treat players, um, it, it's, it's the most ruthless thing I've ever seen. And, um, I just, I look at like that organization. I can only speak on that organization. Why is the Detroit lions always the Detroit lions, no matter who they have? Well, God promises there's, there's blessings for good and there's curses for bad. And it's like, yeah, y'all are cursed. Um, and so I don't know. Um, I've just kind of like, I, I'm able to watch it now. And I was able to just realize that like, you know what, by God's grace, again, I was able to get the next surgery that I, I needed, um, in order to try to heal my body. But, um, the end of it's a business yeah. and you're a piece of meat. And if I can just kick you out and bring in the fresh one, then yeah, I don't got to spend 250,000 on a neck surgery for you. Um, and so that was something that just left a sour taste in my mouth. Um, but man, if I didn't, if I wasn't on the path that I was on, if I didn't find identity, like my identity in being a, a son, but then also a business owner now, bro, I would be just a bitter, bitter man for sure. Cause this happens to hundreds of people every year in the NFL. I feel like, uh, one question after you, who's the, who's the meanest football player you've ever played with? Did you play in the Dominicans too? Yes. It, I did play with the Dominicans. He really is mean and bad as the NFL makes him out to be. I mean, Picture this. This is how I break down Indomitian <laughs> Sioux. Is imagine being the biggest and strongest person every time you go into a room. Okay. Um, and and you're a great athlete. Yeah. So you get whatever you want. Mm. Um, I just think that the environment that he was naturally raised in because of who he is yeah. bred for somebody like I was on the sideline at practice and he's like, Bro, I like those shoes. Give me those shoes. And I was like, bro, I'm not gonna give you my shoes. But like he just has the thing like I'm big and I'm mean, yeah. so I'm going to get whatever I want. Yeah. Uh, but with that said, like I liked him as yeah. a person because like there were some players that, oh, you're a seventh round white boy draft pick. Like, bro, you're nothing. So yeah. I don't talk to you. I'm a first rounder. I don't even be seen with you. Yeah. Um, he wasn't like that. He would okay. still talk to the walk-ons or the free agents. Gotcha. Um, and there's a lot of players that kind of like have that superiority. Um, and so, yeah, he was a cool dude. And I play with uh, uh, Marshawn Lynch at Cal. Oh yeah! Uh, oh, I forgot you were there during were that you, time. Were you there with, the, there the, with, with the with the? I was on the, the uh, car. I was on the field uh, <laughs> when he was ghost riding it. Uh, man, awesome! So many uh, Marshawn stories, but uh, that dude's awesome too. Yeah, like a good dude, and like, bro, he's a product of his environment. Like, yeah. go watch uh, Gangland North Oakland. Yeah. And go see where he was raised and expect him to act any different. Yeah. Like, uh, he, but he's a super cool dude. Like I love Marshawn. I still like, I'll catch him at Cal games. Yeah. Uh, he, he's good. good and people. how he just hasn't changed based off what the NFL wants. And that's another be, example right? of, I mean, someone similar to you that just wants nothing more than to get back to their, where he was raised. Right. Like right. he's, it's a heavy role in community service and just donations as well. Oh yeah. If, if you could do it all over again, even before the NFL back to Cal, would you still play football? Uh, yes, you would. Um, I would, um, it taught me so much. I had a great coach, great mentors, the coaches that cared more about, uh, the man than the player, uh, shout out to coach Thompson, uh, coach Tedford at Fresno state. They're both there now. Um, and if it wasn't for them and the life lessons I learned from football, like self-discipline mm-hmm. and work ethic, like, yeah, my body hurts every day. Um, but I would, um, it, it, it gave me the money cause I know for sure it's scary enough opening a business. And if I would have had to take a loan and lean my house against that loan, like I wouldn't have done it. And so it changed my life for the better. Yeah. Um, but I look at like my kid, you know, if he wa- I am not going to push him to play football. If he had a passion for it, like I did growing up, then I'll support you. But I definitely will get him a, a set of golf clubs before <laughs> right? football. Right? For sure. Dude, I'm the same way. Yeah. Um, well, dude, thanks for coming on, man. No, man, I appreciate you guys. Dude, this that was a solid conversation. Sure. I, I liked it. it a lot. We touched on everything just enough. Uh, so everyone, yeah, once again, uh, your guys' um, Instagram, Instagram name, yeah. Is it just uh, at Cup of Joy? At I think? Cup of Joy Coffee. Cool. So check it out. Four locations. Madeira, they have a drive through there. They have a, a joy through at um, Herndon and Cedar. And then they have the OG spot in Clovis. And they have one in Fresno near our friends at Ampersand and Quesadilla Gorilla. Go check them out. <laughs> anything coming in the near future? You want to shout out to the world? Uh, near future, 
Near future, near future. Nah, I mean, I mean, uh, business-wise, uh, I mean, we're trying to pop up some joy-throughs. I have a dream of opening up uh, the Grand Cafe. Um, you know, I don't know if it will be at the Clovis location. Uh, purchasing that building and doing it there is an option. Uh, but I want to, because every cup of joy I've opened, it was with small faith. I didn't really know. I was had no experience on the first one. Second one a little bit, but like when you go to San Francisco and you see some of those shops, yeah, yeah. Um, I would love to do that. Have you been to any of the roasteries that Starbucks has? Like um, in Seattle? I, yeah, no, I haven't been to any there. Um, I mean, my favorite coffee shop, I think, is a Sight Glass in San Francisco. Yes. Oh, that <laughs> set. I know what you're talking about. Roastery, Upper Deck, dope. The fact that it has yeah. multi-levels and it's space that's actually filled, it just right. blows my mind yeah, that yeah. it's all coffee. Right. I totally know what you're talking about. I don't get how they pay the rent. Like, it's <laughs> massive, and that's all I think about yeah. now. As a business owner, you're constantly mind is skewed forever. They but, got uh, something yeah. else going on on the side. For sure. And, and, and one thing I, I will say, like, I know that, like, it sometimes seems like we're untouchable to talk to, but, like, I op- I don't want people listening to think that, like, I opened this coffee shop to connect to people. Um, and so if anything that was talked about or you struggle with depression or you go through things like get on our Instagram handle, my email is Zach Z a C K at cup or go hit us up on a private message on Instagram. I don't run the account, but I get requests sent my way from the person that does. And if you want to grab a cup of coffee to talk about football, we'll talk about football. You want to talk about life. You want to talk about, um, how to open a business. I would love to share that wisdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, because at the end of the day, as much as I'm a flawed human being, like I still love people and I would love to help anyone out there that is struggling with something that are had a dad that they struggled with, like I want to still make that available because that's why I opened this business. Um, and so I would love to do that if anyone's willing. I love that. I think we need to end on that note. Let's do it. For sure. Um, people, don't forget, just be nice to one another, love one another. We'll catch you next week. Peace. Love you, man. Thank you, guys. <laughs> love you, I love you, bro. <laughs>